listening to Pet Candy. Welcome to our new show, Obsessed, a show where we talk about whatever it is we're currently obsessed with. I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm Clay. And we're Obsessed. Obsessed. Oh my God, we can't believe you came back. Thank you so much for coming back to our show. We did lock the door, so I don't know how you got in here. But we're glad you're here, honey. Come in. Sit down. We're your parents now. I'm calling the police. No, he's not. Don't listen to him. But no, seriously, thank you all so much for being back. I got some very kind words from a lot of people saying they enjoyed the show, which was awesome. Thank you so, so, so much. I did receive one little bit of criticism from my own dad. (laughs) (laughs) He said that I should try to watch my language. So... Caitlin got in trouble. No, I didn't get in trouble. Worse. Worse than getting in trouble. I got the, I just know you're better than that. Oh, man. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. So, like, I'm going to try. No promises because, you know, creativity and whatnot. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try not to cuss as much. No promises. You're going to sacrifice your artistic integrity? Look at me. (laughs) I will never pass for the perfect podcaster or the perfect daughter he didn't say shit to me he didn't no after i talked to my dad because i talked to my dad like every night hi dad we love you i always say hey you want to talk to clay and he's like yeah put him on and he talks to clay and he told me you're better than that in my personal opinion it's not necessary and i'm like oh okay and to me he said hell yes i loved those cuss words like (laughs) damn and piss it's not fair. There's a, there's a real double standard here in our family. <laughs> but for real, welcome back, everybody. This is a Clay episode. Clay got to pick the subject. I did, and Caitlin doesn't know what it is. And it's I, been don't, I don't. I don't. It has been. So we've decided we're not going to tell each other the subjects. You know, we're going to go back and forth. I'll do a week. He'll do a week. I'm really disappointed because I've gone this whole week. I have no idea what he's going to talk about. And I'm really excited about it. But before we get into that, Clay... Have you heard about the Christmas Island rat? Well, I see the stack of papers in front of you. Uh, I thought this was going to be like a quick opening story, but there are 12 pages. I go hard. Oh, no. I see the shoebox on the floor. There's more. There's, There's more. so many more papers. I've, I've written all of these papers, actually, on the Christmas Island rat. I'm an expert, you could say. On rats? On rats. I do love a rat, Or just holiday-themed rats. Just holiday-themed rats. It's essentially, it's like in Pokemon Go where it's a holiday-exclusive Pikachu where it just has a hat. That's all the Christmas Island rat is. It's a rat with a Christmas hat. Kind of like the pizza rat from New York was just a rat with a pizza. Exactly. Okay. That's all it is. Not really, everybody. Don't listen to us. The Christmas (laughs) Island rat is, it's an extinct rat. And, um, Clay, what do you think Christmas Island is most known for? If I had to guess, Kwanzaa? Close. Okay. Crabs. How's that close? (laughs) So I've read Christmas Island and I thought, oh, how whimsical and fun. Christmas Island, this sounds magical. That's where Santa goes on vacation, but it's not. It's nicknamed the Galapagos of the Indian Ocean. And it's Hmm. famous for its red crabs, seabirds, whale sharks, what, what? And spectacular coral reefs. It's actually closer to Asia than mainland Australia. So the Christmas rat, Christmas Island rat, was also known as the bulldog rat. It went extinct about 100 years ago. Those are wildly different names. They're very, so on one hand, you got Christmas, and then you got the bulldog rat. 
Right, and then it plays like Stone Cold Steve Austin's like opening music for. It's like you were there. <laughs> it's like you were there, but uh, so the Christmas Island rat allegedly went extinct because of other, like when settlers came, they brought other rats and they brought new diseases, mm. and the Christmas Island rats just couldn't keep up. So the scientists were able to recreate the genome of the Christmas Island rat, which went extinct more than a hundred years ago. So it's it's recently extinct. But still, there were no more Christmas rats, and now there are more Christmas rats? Well, these rats are very similar to today's Norway rats, which are like the big sewer rats. Okay. So they're they're similar. They're very similar. So it's kind of like in Jurassic Park how they couldn't get the whole dinosaur, so they had to use some frog DNA. Right, of course. So that's kind of like how they're doing with the Christmas Island rat. Um, they're very similar to the Norway rat, but there's about 5% of that genome that they can't come up with of that rat dna of that rat dna (laughs) so that mainly concerns their immunity and their sense of smell so there's a lot of kind of ethics about why do we want to bring back a rat that's what i say i I think it's cool and i think it could open the door for bigger things like woolly mammoths or even dinosaurs question mark there were several movies about how that was a bad idea there were but we still go see them yeah, we go see them. We don't visit the the parks. You know what hurt me the most when the dinosaur ate the dog? That's what hurt you the most. That's what hurt me the most. Like all the people, that was fine. Dinos got to eat, but like, don't eat my dog. You know what my favorite thing the dinosaur ate was? What? That dude that was taking a dump. Oh yeah, it did. I remember thinking that guy probably tasted bad because he had poop in him. No, he had poop out of him. There was no way he did not shit himself. I would shit myself. Too. The whole. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> you got one. Dang it. The whole, like, outhouse just fell apart. It did. (laughs) He was just in the rain. His pants were down, trying to take a dump. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. And he had those little suspender things, like, around to keep his socks oh, up, shirt remember? Stays. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but it's killing me, Clay. What is what is your subject? I'm so ready. Oh, is it on the Christmas rat? It don't have, like, magic powers or nothing. No, I wish it did. It's magic powers that it may come back to life, and I have Oh, I that's, have a, that's why a it's the Christmas rat. The Christmas. They should call it the Easter rat. rat, Clay. Yeah, it should be Easter because it's resurrected. Right. Well, it was Christmas, right? It will now become Easter, right? Right. So I think this is really cool. Um, And so fun fact, I was kind of looking up like, well, what what's the difference between a Christmas Island rat and like today's Norway rats? And they're very similar, except that the Christmas Island rat was bigger. And bigger a, rats. It's a bigger rat. Their diet was whatever they could find in the wilderness. So like a regular rat. So like a regular rat. But I did read from one source, and I'm not going to cite it because I don't know if it was credible or not. But I did read that they could eat the Christmas Island crabs, which hmm. is terrifying. No, that's pretty neat. I like that. We could 
like get rat mounts and ride around on giant rats. Oh, that'd be so cool. They could replace horses. Probably because they will have eaten the horses if they get the same That's size. true. They'd eat us. They would. Yeah. You're excited to see what today I'm is. I'm so excited. Now, if you remember, the only clue I gave you was that it was going to slap ass. <laughs> it was, it was going to make the topic you picked look so dumb. He made fun of me for picking cats. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. So, today what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. are dogs. Nuh-uh. Yeah, nuh-uh. Not really. We're going to talk about the Wendigo. <gasps> yay! <laughs> <laughs> it was a very reserved yay. No, it's an excited yay. It's a breathless yay. Yay. Like a fake like crowd at a soccer game. Or no, I'm smiling <laughs> ear to ear. You guys, I love Wendigos. Okay, so you know. I know what a Wendigo is. Right, you don't know all that I have today, though, because... I'm so excited. I, I did a deep dive. The Wendigo, uh, just sort of like as a, a cover over the whole thing, is uh, the Wendigo is a... Mythological creature from Native America, believe that is uh, created when a human is overtaken by extreme feelings of hunger and greed. Cannibalism. Uh, Well, we'll get there, yeah. But I just kind of thought that was a little interesting because you never see the greed aspect of it in... Yeah, no, it's always cannibalism. Yeah, the, the Native Americans believed that it also had to do with greed because during, like, the harsh winters and things like that where food was scarce, where you had to, like gather everything up throughout the whole year and sort of stockpile it away to try to make it through the cold months. Greed kind of played part into that sort of, you know, like people taking extra rations and things like that. It was sort of like a boogeyman story to scare people into not being greedy. Right. You know, like, hey, you know, don't be greedy because you will turn into this thing. So first off, there's a lot of inconsistencies with Wendigos, including the name. Uh, some people were probably wincing every time I said it. Uh, that's just a pronunciation that I've chosen. You've probably already, if you don't know what a Wendigo is, you've probably already heard of one, but don't know what we're talking about because there are around like 37 different names that just start with W. Like there's more than that for this creature. Right. All kinds of different uh, spellings and ways to pronounce it. There's Wendigo, like how I'm saying it, Wendigo, 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 Wendigo. Ooh, I hate that. Uh, Wendigo, Wittico, Winsico. There's a ton yeah. of these names. Uh, this is because the legend of the Wendigo doesn't come from one specific tribe. It's from the, and I might say this wrong, the Algonquin people's belief, uh, which is made of a few different tribes. Right, um, right. Some that you may have heard of, some more popular ones like Cree, Shawnee, and the Mi'kmaq. Mm. More on those later. Ooh. The Algonquin people first occupied the areas of Northeast United States, Southern Canada, and the Great Lakes area, but also as far over as the American Midwest. There's like a small pocket close to the Rockies. Ooh. I know where we're going for our next vacation. Not the Rockies. Yeah. Specifically, after, just wait till you get to the end of this and then decide if you want to go into some mountains. Okay. So the Wendigo, according to folklore, is often a malevolent spirit that can possess someone, moving them to feed on human flesh. Physically, the Wendigo is a usually tall and emaciated man that reeks of death, often said to have a heart made of ice. It's many times stronger and faster than a man, and basically it's said, if one is after you, there is no escape. Yeah, all the creepypastas I've heard, the <laughs> right, get all you. the creepypastas. All the creepypastas. 
And they usually are in a lot of the representations. They'll have the head of a, a stag, right? Like a... Uh, yes and no. It's one of the more popular ways they're presented here in the West anyway. And by a stag, I mean like a deer skull. Right, yeah, like a deer skull. But no, according to the actual uh, folklore, they just looked like a man. Right. Just extremely emaciated, usually very tall. Sounds like Albert Fish, and can we just say, fuck Albert Fish. (laughs) Sorry, Dad, but like for Uh, real. It's funny that you bring up Albert Fish. Oh, Um, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's not a Wendigo, but... Uh, he certainly would have been mistaken for one. Yeah, I'm not convinced he wasn't a Wendigo. Wendigos were said to be so tall because after they feed on a human, they grow in proportion to the size of their meal so as to never be satiated. Tortured spirits driven To never be satiated? Satiated. Satiated? Sess. Sauce? Clay? It is said that a Wendigo spirit will whisper into the ears of those faced with starvation or overcome with greed and move them to murder or cannibalism. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer once said, and that's when the cannibalism started. And he said it just like that. And then it began. And that's when the cannibalism started. And now I begin. And now I am become cannibalism. (laughs) This is where modern day psychiatry got the name for Wendigo psychosis, which is a culture-bound syndrome characterized by both an intense urge to eat human flesh and the extreme fear of becoming a cannibal. Yeah, so not just the actual act of, but fearing that you might become a cannibal. Like that you you have this urge that you don't think you'll be able to fight off, which is kind of sad and scary, I guess. <coughs> so cannibalism carries a stigma. Uh, this is what causes people suffering from the latter mentioned effects of Wendigo psychosis to have such an intense fear of becoming a cannibal as it's seen as an unforgivable act, even in cases where it might would be a necessary act. Sure. Uh, I mean, you you always hear the horror stories of planes going down and people <gasps> mm-hmm. having to do that yeah, to survive. Yeah, that's the only way they can live, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them afterwards, of course, have many issues, you know, mentally with that yeah. kind of thing. Even though, you know, they didn't really do anything wrong. You know, no. they had to live, and if other people are dead and... That's the only way you're going to live. That's just kind of what you got to do. Also, look at them cheeks. (laughs) Yeah, the cheeks. When people think of cannibalism, they often think of the Donner Party or Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. Or, as you said before. Albert Fish. Right. Uh, But cannibalism was widely accepted and performed in most of Europe as late as 1900. Yeah, it, it used to, in certain cultures, it wasn't gross. It was just... Uh, actually, quite the opposite, a form of medical cannibalism, where consuming blood or flesh was believed to cure certain ailments, was practiced, you know, only 200 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, even instances where at executions, peasants would rush the stage to scoop up bloody dirt and eat it right there on the spot. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it was... Like from royals? Because I've read about that. Uh, yeah, from royals or really just healthy people. Yeah. You know. To, well, yeah, because they thought that the healthy blood would cure whatever's wrong with them or their loved one or right. whatever. Gotcha. So it was it was basically gold to them, you know. Gold. It was a lucrative practice. Uh, still today, the Yanomami tribe of South America eat their relatives as a funeral ritual. Mm-hmm. They believe that souls are unprotected outside the bodies... And that a soul can only find rest if the body is burned and then eaten by the relatives. Only then can the soul move on. So 
in that instance, really, it's not even a sort of taboo or, you know, stigma. It's something to celebrate. Different cultures, man. We can take the same thing and make anything out of it. Cultures who view cannibalism in these ways are not subject to Wendigo psychosis in the same way as the fear of consuming human flesh is tied to that stigma of becoming some sort of monster that feeds on people. They've noticed that like in those cultures where that kind of thing is not only accepted, but you know, maybe even celebrated, right. Wendigo psychosis is not a thing. Yeah, because it it's nothing to fear. It's... Right, it's all self-inflicted. It should be said, though, that it's a recognized term, but no account of Wendigo psychosis has actually been studied, and all accounts were retroactively diagnosed as Wendigo psychosis. Oh, okay. Lately, there haven't been, you know, since then, since establishing this, there haven't been any real cases of Wendigo psychosis, but that's probably because we're so, you know, industrialized as a country, we don't face a lot of the challenges that would cause right. it to come about. You know, we're not we, out in the wilderness and Right, starving. you know, if we have a bad crop, the whole village doesn't die. Right. In more modern examples, the Wendigo is usually depicted with animal-like features, like you were saying earlier with the stag head. Most notably, the stag head, but also uh, with the body of a bipedal goat. This has nothing to do with the original descriptions, but rather European settlers making comparisons to their own folklore. In particular, the werewolf, in which a person is overtaken by an insatiable hunger and undergoes a transformation to seek out prey. So that's where we get all the animal depictions from, is Europeans, you know, screwed everything up. <laughs> Coming over here and telling the story, again, but bad. White people. Wendigos have appeared in a number of different things, though usually portrayed wrong to some degree. Uh, mostly TV series like Supernatural yes. or, or Grimm. But uh, coming back to the Micmac tribe, a Wendigo plays a part in Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Yes, it does. That was the scariest part of the book. We'll be right back with more Pet Candy. Hi, this is Shay, and I want to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy, Cooking with Shay. I make vegan eating easy and fun. Check it out on Pet Candy TV. I didn't read the book, so I don't know. Clay can't read. I can't read. It's a curse. I, I don't curse. know how much how much into the Wendigo they get in the book. From what I remember, it was kind of just a passing thing. Well, it was just a passing thing? Okay. But it was, well, this, it's been years since I've read the book. Y'all please correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I know you will. But <laughs> uh, it's it was so creepy, though. Just the way Stephen King writes. It's It was just, that yeah, was the scariest part of the book. Sometimes just the way you say things can. Yeah. Give, a, give, me a, give me a reanimated child any day. I don't want a Wendigo. Yeah, I love a good like creepy line that yes. you know just kind of sticks with you in a certain way. Mm. But I was asking that because when the cannibalism I, started. <laughs> but I was asking that because I wasn't sure because I know in like Cujo it's about like a demon possessing the dog, but in the movie they don't really cover that. Yeah, they just do this weird close up of the kid's closet and you're like, what? Yeah, which has no meaning if Nothing, you don't if, if you, you haven't, haven't read, read the, the book. book. Yeah. The depictions we are used to seeing today actually come from the two thousand one film the Wendigo by Larry Fesesden. Really? That's where we got the, the deer head from. Right. Okay. It, he made this movie based on the 1910 short story by Blackwood and another sort of retelling of that story that was 
sort of like a goosebumps, I guess. We <laughs> love a goosebump. <laughs> the artist of, or the, the author of this book that I'm talking about in particular probably hates that I just compared him to goosebumps, but it was a similar sort of Look, anthology. Look, if someone com- of, compared me to goosebumps, I would be like, thank you. I, yeah, I mean, it was extremely successful. The movie's director actually didn't even research Wendigos until after the film. So that's why it looks nothing like the actual Algonquin legend. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's what we think of as a Wendigo is not what the original legend was. Right. You Google Wendigo and hit images Mm -hmm. after you scoop the shit out of your pants. Mm-hmm. you'll notice that they're pretty much all have like the stag heads and yeah. the goat bodies. Yeah, and that's, like it's that. iconic. That's iconic. You, you will, it'll be maybe seventh place on the yeah. Google images of, you know, just a big, tall, skinny man. And you're like, what kind of stupid fan art is this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that doesn't look anything like a Wendigo. Because I've seen Wendigos. <laughs> I've seen them up close. In personal. Wendigos, like I said, are in a lot of different movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. A lot of times they're not really brought to a lot of attention. They're kind of not made to be this big thing. You know, if they're in a TV show, it's like a Monster of the Week kind of thing, and they're done. They're never really something big and overarching. But there's nothing to say that Wendigos are animalistic, that they don't retain human intelligence. Right. Rather, that they just kind of become feral, I guess, Mm -hmm. is a good way to describe it. You know, they're controlled completely by their hunger. Like um, me. Yeah, like, <laughs> like us. Like us. We just ate. We did. That's why we're able to talk about it. Right. Without getting hungry because mm. we're talking about human flesh. You look good, babe. <laughs> oh, wow. New meaning to snack. Mm. A lot of times when you talk about like mythological creatures and stuff, they usually cover sort of like a weakness. You know what mm. I mean? Like, you know, if you cut the head off a hydra, it'll sprout a bunch of more heads or right. something like that. The Wendigo doesn't really have a weakness. You know, it's not like a werewolf where it's like silver. Silver bullet? Only a silver Only bullet. Only a silver bullet. It wasn't really meant to be combated, you mm-hmm. know, in, in its original sort of storytelling. Yeah. Like I said, it was like a boogeyman. Something that comes and gets you, you have no hope of defending against. Yeah. It's more of a spirit. Right. right. Yeah. Sometimes it's a spirit that whispers to someone and turns them into a Wendigo. Uh, and then there's what has, you know, become a Wendigo is a physical thing that will hunt you down and tear you to pieces. Can you survive at all? What they had said before was just kind of a blanket term, like you cannot survive against a Wendigo. Mm. But they're probably in later tellings of the Wendigo where they talk about fire is the only way to kill them, probably because of the frozen heart is where that kind of comes from. Like on Frozen. Yeah, like What about a hug from the Wendigo's sister? No, I don't think that'll take away its well, ice This is powers. bullshit. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> That's another one. Dang it. Uh, so they talk about, you know, noticing when a Wendigo is close. You'll smell this smell of, like, rotten flesh. Mm-hmm. It'll get cold. It's, it has a lot to do with the winter because, again, it was created for that yeah, sort of Yeah, that's when you're starving. And, right, right. right. Uh, the cold represents starvation and loneliness yeah. and, you know, the, the feeling of being trapped. So that's kind of what the Wendigo represents, I guess, in the whole thing. Sure. Now that you know about the Wendigo, mm-hmm. if you notice, I tried not to talk about the Wendigo in the past tense mm-hmm. because we all know that myth is based in reality. Oh. You're kind of coming back to the Dahmer party and, and them, you know, these sort Ooh. of real Wendigos. He's bringing it back. So I won't pretend like they are something you no longer need to worry about. 
Looking at it as nothing more than a mental illness only means that there hasn't been a case recently. Right. Mental that illness, we know of. Right. Mental illnesses aren't cured the same way as forgotten diseases of the past. Wendigo's psychosis is something that can arise from nothing given the right conditions. And with it comes the horror of which only mankind is capable of. To quote the report of the 1661 Jesuit uh, relations, they are afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they will pounce upon women, children, and even upon men, like veritable werewolves, and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey. Hated that. People disappear on hiking trails and camping trips all the time. Yep, never find them. Park rangers may say it's the wildlife. A bear got them. But bears aren't malicious. Bears have to hibernate. A bear can fill up on fish and berries. Wendigos, though. Wendigos are always hungry. Ooh, that gave me chills! <laughs> oh, well, a Wendigo is close. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Not, just one more right before the podcast ends. Oh, I just, just had, had to, to get, get one. one more. I, that was my first F-bomb, though, wasn't it? Probably not. Yeah, I think that was your first this episode. This Does, episode. Doesn't count anything we said before recording. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> that was so good, Clay. Well, there you go. That was so good. I told you it would slap ass. It does slap ass. <laughs> you've already said that you've prepared your next topic. Yeah, it doesn't feel good anymore. <laughs> you have to go back and rewrite. Hmm. I don't know. I've kind of invested a lot in my next topic. <laughs> I go hard. What did you buy? Nothing. Shh. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Shh. You hungry? We just ate. Oh, wait. Hmm. I am hungry. I'm hungry, too. Well, you know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go get smoothies. All right. We'll be right back with more pet candy. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Thanks for being with us today. Let us know what you are currently obsessed with. And maybe we'll talk about it next week. Sometimes it's okay to be a little obsessed, which is good because we're obsessed with you. Pet Candy, it's Pet Candy Radio.